Welcome to Talks with T-Tom, the podcast. For the next hour, I need you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We talk a lot of football, we talk a lot of basketball, sports in general, and also as well, we talk about real-life events that's going on right now. So, therefore, sit tight, enjoy the show. Welcome to Talks with T-Tom. What is up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony Teton West, man, back at it again with another episode of Talks with Teton, the podcast, season three, episode two. Glad to have you guys back. If you have not already, I need you to go to my social media and follow me at AO underscore Teton9. That's going to be on Twitter and as well on Instagram. And then the podcast page at Talks with Teton, the podcast on Instagram, man. Really do appreciate you guys' love and support. Like I stated last week, March 9th, I will be back on social media and we're pushing out a lot of content. I miss you guys. I miss kind of hearing what your guys' feedback is. So we'll definitely be back, not next week, but the week after that, man. So shout out to everybody showing love and support, man. Um, Definitely want to just shout out to everybody that's subscribed to the channel also as well. Liking the podcast, commenting on the podcast, man. Really do greatly appreciate it. Uh, We're going to jump into a lot today, man. Um, I really want to talk a little bit about the NBA uh, coming down this long stretch of the end of the season, basically, really, at this point within the last month and a half of the season. Uh, And I also want to talk about the NFL Combine. We'll talk about that, too, a little bit today. Uh, Today's episode will not have a special guest. Um, I know I said I kind of want to start it off with special guests, but I thought about it, and I really don't want to bring any special guests back on until I'm back on social media. Uh, so, so I can, you know, connect with people and stuff like that. So probably after March 9th, we'll be bringing a special guest back, but that's just kind of some of the things I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the NFL combine that's going on right now as we speak. Um, I'm actually doing this podcast on a Friday. Normally you guys know, I normally do it on a Thursday night, but I don't have to go out of town this weekend because my lovely girlfriend is going to Belize. So y'all pray for her, but, um, I can kind of spend some time today and do the podcast on a Friday and I'll also be dropping tonight. So I do want to drop a uh, talk a a little bit about what's going on right now with the NBA. I want to start there first and then we'll work our way to the combine and stuff. And I have some interesting conversations really to bring up about the NBA too as well. So before we start, I want to go over the games that are taking place tonight. We have Minnesota versus, versus Orlando. Tonight, we have Brooklyn versus Atlanta tonight. We have Charlotte versus Toronto tonight. We have Dallas versus Miami tonight. We have Sacramento versus Memphis tonight. We have Oklahoma City versus Milwaukee tonight. Oklahoma City has really did a great job. I mean, just seeing that they're 37 and 22 with what they have, just an outstanding job by Sam Presti and the guys getting those guys together and Billy Donovan. Um, we have New Orleans and Cleveland tonight. We have Detroit and Phoenix tonight. And we also have Washington and Utah tonight. And then probably the best game of the night would be Denver versus the L.A. Clippers. Um, I do want to go over the games that took place last night as well. Um, so the Philadelphia 76ers did bounce back and beat the New, uh, New York Knicks 115-106. to 106. The, uh, the Indianapolis Pacers beat the Portland Trails Blazers 106-100. to 100. Oklahoma City got a win 112-108 to 108 over Sacramento. And the Lakers beat Golden State by 30. 116 to 86 last night, and you've seen that Draymond got ejected and all that good stuff. So we already know that. 
So let's just go over kind of some of the, I guess I would say, kind of the main topics of discussion right now. Um, Embiid uh, is going to be out for a week uh, with his injury. So Embiid, has, we've already know his, his history of, you know, injuries and stuff like that. He would have been the number one pick when he came out, but because he had an injury history, people were reluctant on taking him. Um, so he has a shoulder injury that's going to keep him out for at least week. So at this point now, Ben Simmons and also as well, uh, Joel Embiid will be spending some time sitting down for a little bit. Uh, there's no structural damage to his shoulder, which is great, which means there's no surgery. Um, there's no, you know, any type of procedure that he'll have to take, basically surgery, to have anything fixed or removed. So that's good for the 76ers. Now, we know this season has been – in turmoil for the 76ers, there's been arguments about, does this team have a real leader? Does this team have any chemistry? This kind of sucks at the timing of what has happened with them because right now it's kind of like that grind time coming down the stretch. Um, we just seen the other night ago that Joel Embiid had a um, he had a 49-point game over my Atlanta Hawks. So we've seen the capabilities, and especially as of late, he's been playing a lot better. So now it kind of sucks to see that he's going to be injured. But good thing is it's not too serious. Now let's talk about Draymond being ejected last night. That's something else that took place last night. Obviously a lot of people caught that, you know, on ESPN and seeing LeBron and all of them over there laughing. But Draymond, um, he gets uh, – he's two technicals away from a one-game suspension, which this year – that shouldn't matter that much because they're not good. They're not going to be in the playoffs or anything like that. But um, Draymond got his one-game suspension over. Really, it was more so I – don't, I didn't think the foul was that egregious. To me, it just seemed like um, Dwight Howard just set a real solid pick and Draymond fell. Draymond obviously got pretty upset and pretty pissed about it. And uh, he didn't like, you know, that that wasn't called, basically. And Draymond really just got really upset. And he just started going off on the ref and stuff like that. So they ended up ejecting him, which also gave him his his second technical, you know, in that game. Um, Draymond's a fiery, passionate guy. We already know this, man. This is really not a surprise. I mean, he's always at the top of the list of people that has had to sit out the most this year. So not really, you know, something of big-time concern. It's kind of normal, to be honest. Uh, another topic that's going on right now in the NBA, uh, the Timberwolves were fined $25,000 for resting D'Angelo Russell. Um, that's kind of weird because I'm surprised that they haven't did that for Kawhi, but I guess because Kawhi is, quote-unquote, you know, nurturing an actual, you know, injury that he's had in the past, that's kind of why they're letting him slide. But I guess the, the you know, Timberwolves were kind of, blankly out front saying, hey, we're resting him. Hey, we're doing our own set of load management, which Kawhi and, to be honest, LeBron last night did. The NBA, you know, you really can't tell these guys when they're hurt or when they're not hurt. I mean, honestly, they're, you're not a doctor. If you don't have a doctor examine them, then there's no way for you to say, okay, this person's not hurt. But, I mean, at the end of the day, people are load managing all over the league. It's really not a surprise People, a.k.a. like Kawhi, load management. Nothing's wrong with Kawhi at this point. People like LeBron, once again, nothing's wrong with LeBron. But 
he was fine. Uh, the Timberwolves were fined 25k for doing that. Now, I do want to go over the standings for these last few games. Then I have another topic I want to bring up about NBA. Um, I want to go over the standings real quick for each conference, if you guys don't mind. So I'll start off with the East first. So with the East right now, the Milwaukee Bucks have already locked up a playoffs berth at forty uh, at fifty and eight already. So that's huge for them. Um, so they're already. The, I think they're actually the fastest team to lock up a seed, I believe, in like in the history um, or something like that. Toronto Raptors, they're 42 and 16 right now in the second spot. But just a game behind them is the Boston Celtics with a hot Jason Tatum. And we're going to talk about that whole situation in a few seconds. They have 41 wins. They're 41 and 17. The Miami Heat have been down of late. Last 10 games, they're 3 and 7, but they're still 36 and uh, 22. Um, Tied also right now with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, uh, 14 games behind. They're at five right now. The Indiana Pacers are at six at 35 and 24. The Brooklyn Knicks are at – so there's like a huge gap between the Indiana – I'm sorry, I'm just seeing this, but th- it's like a huge gap between the Indiana Pacers and the Brooklyn Nets. Like it's like a whole eight-game, you know, skid. So – that's crazy. I'm just now seeing that. But anyway, um, Orlando Magic, they're 26 and 32, so they're just a half game behind Brooklyn. So Brooklyn now without Kyrie, without KD for the rest of the season, they could see themselves actually being the eighth seed and probably getting booted out first round. But that's the East. Now let's go over to the west side of, of things here. Let's go and see. So the Lakers are 45 and 12 right now, leading at the first spot. They're actually one. Um, nine of the last 10 games, so that's huge for them. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are 40 and 18. The LA Clippers are just a game behind them at 39 and 19. The Houston Rockets are just a game behind them at 38 and 20. The Oklahoma City Thunder are 37 and 22, so a, a game and a half behind them. Uh, Utah Jazz is uh, a game, a half a game behind Oklahoma City with 36 wins, so they're 36 and 22. Dallas Mavericks, they're a game and a half behind them with 36 and 23. And then Memphis is still holding it down right now at that um, eighth spot at 28 and 30. But the thing about Memphis that a lot of people don't know is they actually have the hardest remaining schedule left. Now I want to bring something up. Guess who has the easiest remaining schedule left? The New Orleans Pelicans, who are only three games behind them. So let's keep that in mind. So let's see if maybe Zion and those guys can get them back into the playoff mix. But that's kind of what's going on as of now in the NBA. Now, I want to talk about a subject that I've seen because I'm in this group on Facebook. And I know I'm not on, like, social media like that. But I am in this group on Facebook, and the only reason I got Facebook up is just for, like, family emergencies or anything like that. But I'm in this group on Facebook that's called Atlanta Talks Sports. So it's like a sports, you know, kind of hub for people that live in the Atlanta area for all Atlanta metro sports, things such as that. So they bought up, and this has kind of been a topic of discussion, too, as well on, like, um, on other platforms and things such as that. It's kind of been a discussion to where, um, you know, who's the best young duo. So these are the choices. You have, you know, Atlanta Hawks on Young, Trey Young, and uh, John Collins. You have Dallas's, you know, Luka and Pazingas. You have the Grizzlies, um, John Morant and Jaron Jackson. You have 
Boston's, you know, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and then you have New Orleans, Zion, and Brandon Ingram. Now, I'm going to tell you guys my order, and no, I swear it's no bias. I think Dallas probably has the best young core, uh, of the best young duo. Um, Luka Donage, I've been raving about him really since the end of last season. Um, something about this kid, man, is just is special. Like, something about him I just like. He just has that it factor. I know y'all probably hate use, hearing, like, you know, random, stupid, you know, cliches like that. But seriously, he just has that factor. I mean, I feel like he's on his way to be, like, one of the greats in this game. Luka is a talented piece that I think you can build around. I think you're seeing Dallas do that. Dallas has flipped around from last year not making the playoffs to this year. It looks like they're going to make it. Um, to me, I feel like they have the best young core. That's my personal opinion. I think, really, if you even think about it now, Luka could be in the MVP race um, after the stats he's put up this year. Um, he could be in the MVP race to me. That's my personal opinion. He could be in the MVP race. He has the talent. He has the mobility. And he's only two years in. I, actually, happy birthday, Luka. Today is his 21st birthday, actually. I just remembered that. So, happy birthday to Luka Donich. Um, His birthday is today. and He's only 21. And I can already say he's top 10 player in the league to me. Like, I would say LeBron, obviously, AD, obviously, Kawhi, obviously. Um, you know, guys like that Greek freak, James Harden. And I would put Luka right up there with them. I mean, Steph Curry, even though he's hurt, you know, I would put Luka right in that ballpark with them, like, honestly, without any regrets of saying that. Um, so that's who I picked first, and I think K, KP is a good second piece to have. He's he's not going to be a number one and get you a ring, but as a number two, yeah, I think he can do it, honestly. Now, the second team that I put on my list is Boston, especially as of late because Jason Tatum is on fire. Um and it may just be because Kimba's hurt right now, but Jason Tatum in like the last like three weeks to a month has looked amazing. I mean, he looks good. And like we've seen this his rookie year, and it was like last year he kind of regressed. And I think it was just because of Kyrie and, you know, that whole situation. But I think this year he has looked really good, and he's looking like a – all-star. He was in the all-star, you know, game this year, and he's looking like an all-star, man. Jason Tatum has really seemed to turn that corner. And then also as well, Jalen Brown, Marietta Georgia's own. Um, man, he has really turned the corner too. I thought he was gonna be one of those guys when he get when he got paid, because he did get paid this offseason, I thought he would kind of diminish. I thought we wouldn't hear from Jason uh Jalen Brown anymore. But he has really developed him be, to be a good number two piece. 14 and he's continued to show and in this case really he's a number three piece honestly because Kimba's your one I don't know though man at the rate it's going Jason Tatum and Kimba are almost almost not quite I still say it's a one-two situation but it's dang near close to being a 1A1B situation with Tatum and Kimba Walker so if those two can keep developing man it's gonna be something special I'm telling you so next on my list, I put Atlanta at number three. Um, Trey Young is a superstar in this lead. 
There's not even a question about that. He's going to be a superstar. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Hawks fan or anything like that. He's going to be a superstar in this league. Um, I mean, just the night in and night out resilience that he has on a sorry team is just incredible. I mean, he's averaging close to 30 points a game, you know, per night. Trey Young is honestly, he could go down as being one of the best Hawks to ever play the game when all, when it's all said and done at the rate he's playing. If he can keep this up, and he showed really for the last, since the All-Star week last year, he showed that he can keep this up. So it's been a whole year now that Trey Young has been on this hot streak. So at this point, it's not a streak no more. This is a tendency at this point. Yeah, you probably do want to see another year or two of him doing this before we can say, okay, yeah, this is sustainable. But he's been doing it for a year now of 30, 40-point games almost every other night. Now, granted, he is on a bad team. We get that. Um, but John Collins is an essential piece to the Hawks organization. I'm going to tell you why. They do a lot of pick and roll and with him and John Collins, with Trey Young and John Collins. And what people don't realize is before – John Collins got suspended for 25 games. We were four and two. We were four and two, looking amazing. And then after that, Crap Creek hit, and he was suspended for 25 games. And then that's when the slump happened. The Hawks this year could have been a, I'd say, 38 to 42, which in this East, you probably could have got in at the eighth seed. Um, they could have won, to me, 38 to 40-something games, right around 500. Um, but they, you know, obviously wasn't able to do that because John Collins being suspended. So I put them at three. Now, it was close between Memphis and New Orleans, but I put Memphis first because I think John Morant and what he's done, we've seen a little bit more of a product sample of what John Morant has done. And also as well, him and Jaron Jackson are locked in there. They're both – Jaron Jackson's just in the second year. John Morant is in his first year. So they're both locked in long-term for at least, I would say, three to five years. They're going to be locked in at Memphis. Um, we've seen what John Morant has been able to do. Probably as of right now, I still would have to say he's the rookie of the year. Um, just a talented guy. And then also as well, Jaron Jackson has been a great contributor. And once again, I think on a championship team, he can be a great number two once he develops and gains his full potential. Um and then last, New Orleans. And the only reason I put them last is because, for one, we have not seen enough from Zion Williamson. Now, the first 13 or 14 games he's played, he's been amazing. He's actually exceeded my expectations in the first 13 games that he's played. Um, Zion is the truth, man. I think he's going to be good. But his health concern is what bothers me probably the most. And then also as well, uh, with B.I., I don't know what his contract situation is. Now, we know he's going to be a free agent after this year. Now, this year he has balled out. He has played amazing. He has took that next step that, you know, a lot of people, especially back home in North Carolina, expected him to take. But the contract situation, we don't even know if he's going to be in New Orleans next year. Um, so that's an issue. But I think if they stick together and Zion stays healthy, I think they could easily find their way being at like two or three. Like that's how fluent I could see them being because if Zion is playing up to his abilities which looks like he could be the next LeBron or something like that and then we get somebody like B.I. that's playing don't kill me for this but he's playing very similar to like how KD was around that third or fourth season we could see them being a great duo but just because of the contract situation and things such as that I can't go on record and say they're the best duo they're probably the least out of those young duos as of now um, if you haven't already, I need you to follow me 
on social media at AO underscore T time nine on Twitter and as well on Instagram. And then it talks with T time, the podcast. It's one of my favorite times of the year. You guys, the NFL scouting combine, the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, all the nice people and all the people that you look for tight ends. They ran their forties yesterday and they're going to be doing some more workouts today. I want to jump in that when we get back. What is up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony Teton West, back on another segment of Talks with Teton, the podcast, episode two of season three, man. Glad to have you guys. If you guys haven't already, subscribe to my channel as well on iTunes, on Anchor, also as well. You can do it on, I mean, we're on everything, literally. Spotify, whatever you listen to, go ahead and tune in, man. Uh, like the podcast, comment on it, man. Um, thank you guys for all the support. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram and Twitter as well at AO underscore T Time 9. And also as well on Instagram on the podcast page that talks with T Time the podcast, man. Appreciate you guys' love and support here, man. Um, I want to jump into the scouting combine for NFL players. I want to talk a little bit about some of these guys' measurements, and I want to talk about my kind of mock draft and how I would go about each position if you guys don't mind. Now, I want to go over – I know what y'all want to hear. Y'all want to hit them 40 times. So, I'm going to give y'all that. I'm going to give y'all some of the faster 40 times, some of the more important 40 times as well because I know that's really what y'all want to hear about is these 40s. So, that's what I'm going to talk about. So, at quarterback, these were some of the 40s, and these are some of the guys that you're going to be kind of looking forward to here. Now, we already know that Joe Burrow did not work out. We already know that, um, you know, Tua is not going to work out because we know his situation. So some of these names are not house household names, but you know most of these guys. So I want to go over some of these guys 40 times. So these are for the quarterbacks. So I'm just going to go over some important names here. Quarterback, Justin Herbert out of Oregon. He ran a 4.68. Um, Jalen Hurts ran a 4.59. Cole McDonald ran a 4.58. Steven Montes, 4.68. Uh, Jacob Eason ran a 4.89. Jordan Love from Utah State ran a 4.74. So when you're hearing some of those numbers for a quarterback, especially now the way the game is being played with a lot of scrambling quarterbacks, you would probably want your quarterback to be within that 4.5 and 4.6 and a half range. Honestly, um, in the way that the games are being played now. Um, but that just depends on scheme and stuff like that. Um, now, I want to run over the wide receivers 40 times, which that was amazing. Henry Ruggs. We already knew he was going to have the fastest 40 time because he is a complete track star. Uh, he ran a 4 2 uh, Close to John Ross's 4 Close, but not quite. Um, Quez Watkins ran a 4 Denzel Mims ran a 4 Darrell Mooney ran a 4.38 as well. Um, Devin, I'm probably going to say his name wrong. Devin DuVarnay, he ran a 4.39. Antonio Gibson ran a 4.39. Chase Claypool had a very good day. He ran a 4.24, and that's the wide receiver out of, um, out of Notre Dame from Canada. He has a great story. He had a very good day, and he made himself a lot of money yesterday. Um, Justin Jefferson is another guy that made a lot of money for himself yesterday, running a 4-4-3. Uh, John Hightower ran a 4-4-3. Uh, 
Jerry Judy, 445, Jalen Rager, 447, Donovan Peoples Jones from Michigan, 448, CD Lamb, 45, and then Brandon Aiko, 45. Now, some of the tight ends also as well ran with the wide receivers. Um, uh, this tight end out the Mizzou made a lot of money, and I'm gonna butcher his name. Albert Okwabarganam. I know I'm completely wrong, but I'm just trying. He ran a 449. He he was already projected to be like a second round pick, but with that 449 speed and showing that he can be a ver- uh, vertical threat, he's probably put himself impossible into first round contentions. Um, Bryce Hopkins out of um, Stanford 446. I mean 466. Steve Sullivan 466, and then Cole Komet. Um, four seven. So those are some of the stats and some of the you know forties from yesterday. Now there's actually workouts going on right now, um, as we speak, literally. Um, now you know some of those will be coming through you know later on today, but as of right now, that's kind of going what's going on. Now I want to talk a little mock draft with you guys if you guys don't mind. Um, let's talk about it a little bit. Now I want to go over the teams and their needs first. So I want to go over like what these possible needs, and these are my personal opinions. This is not from no draft website or anything. These are my personal opinions of what I think their needs can be on this team. And then I'm going to see, you know, and kind of address where I can see a team picking or what I can see them picking. Um, So first things first, Cincinnati. We already know. I think, to me, and, you know, Joe Burrow interviewed with them, and they said they, they were blown away by Joe Burrow. So there's no need for me to jump into some deep conundrum. Joe Burrow is going to be a Cincinnati Bengal. I mean, it's really at this point. I don't see any point of – because he's already, you know, put out on the record, I don't care where I go. I, I'll go wherever I'm chosen. So basically saying I'm ready to be a Cincinnati Bengal is basically what he said. There is no need for me to go into – the Cincinnati Bengals side of things because I think we all know Joe Burrow is going to be the pick at number one. Now, at number two is where things get a little tricky. Now, the Washington Redskins head coach, former Carolina Panther head coach, um, Ron Rivera has went out on record and said, look, we're going to do our due diligence. We're going to look for, you know, we're going to look at, you know, Tua, we're going to look at, you know, Burrow, guys like that. We're not just sold on, you know, what's my guy from Dwayne Haskins. We're not sold on him quite yet was basically what he was saying in so many words. He wasn't going to be, you know, appointed to be the starting quarterback for next year. Now, me personally, I think it's a no-brainer that you take Chase Young here. Um, You have to be able to get – to the quarterback in this lead, especially now more than ever since it's became a passing lead, you have to be able to get to the quarterback. That's one thing first. Now, another need that I feel like the Washington Redskins may need to address is a cornerback. Now, I don't think they take Jeffrey Okuda in this round. Let me make that clear. I don't think they take Jeffrey Okuda here, but I do think that's an option of looking at. To me, I get it. Tua is a what people say a left-handed Drew Brees, but that injury history is my only problem with Tua and why I would not pull the trigger on Tua Tungavaloa. I would not at two. I just think it's too much of a risk. That's me personally. 
That's honestly how I feel about it. It's just too much of a risk to pull the trigger right there. So in my personal opinion, I think they take Chase Young at number two. Now at three, that's when the draft really kind of starts to me. Because there's a few scenarios you can see working out. You can see a scenario to where the Dolphins trade up and come get Tua. But I'm going to focus on the Lions right now. The Lions actually have a quarterback need. Because they're thinking about stepping away from Matthew Stafford and trading him somewhere else, a.k.a. possibly New England, if Tom Brady walks away. I think also as well, wide receiver is a possible need or tight end for the Detroit Lions is a possible need. I would say cornerback is a possible need for the Detroit Lions. There's a lot of possible needs for the Detroit Lions, but I would say their biggest one is probably corner. So I could see them taking Jeffrey Okuda in this spot if, this is all if, they do not trade out. That's my personal opinion. Now at four, we have the New York Giants. The New York Giants, I don't think they need a quarterback. I think they can live with Daniel Jones for another year and see how it works out. They don't need a a running back. They don't need a running back. They got one of the best in the lead. Honestly, I don't really think they need a wide receiver as of right now either. Um, and they definitely don't need a tight end because I think Ingram's their guy. But O-line for the past few years has always been a weakness for the New York Giants. They've been trying to rebuild that O-line for the last, since really Dave Gettleman got there, like last two or three years. That is a point that needs to be addressed. Now, also a point that I feel like needs to be addressed is middle linebacker. And there's two ways we can go with this. But in my personal opinion, I think they take the left tackle out of Alabama, Dredrick Willis. That's my personal opinion. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if they take Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. But the only thing about Isaiah Simmons is, is he going to be a middle linebacker? Isaiah Simmons, I'm a Clemson fan. I've literally watched every game he's played in. Isaiah Simmons can literally play any position on the field. Outside linebacker, middle linebacker. He even played DN sometime for Clemson. I like that outside rush DN, kind of similar to Von Miller. He's played corner. He's played safety. I mean, you name it, he's played it. The guy is six foot four, 230, and runs like a 4-4. We're going to probably see him run a 4-4 tomorrow. I think the, the linebackers go tomorrow. Yeah, I think the linebackers go tomorrow. So we're going to see him probably run a 4-4 tomorrow. So my thing is this. You can go either way with that one. I don't think you would be wrong on either one. But that's my personal opinion, that they take an offensive tackle to solidify that line for Daniel Jones. Now, next, we have Miami. Quarterback is probably the biggest need for them. I mean, there's no other way to go around it. Really, for the last year, year and a half, it's already basically been marked that Miami wanted Tua. And I think they get their guy. I think Tua is their guy. Now, if Tua is gone before then, will they look at guys like Justin Herbert? That's a question that may need to be answered. I don't think, because from what I'm hearing, they don't even want Justin Herbert. They really want Joe Burrow, really. But they're okay with taking a consolation prize in, in Tua if the medical's clear and things such as that. 
Me personally, their needs are quarterback. I feel like their need is also running back. They also could use a left tackle in this draft, a left guard in this draft. They could also use a, a to me, honestly, getting ready to replace Rashad Jones, who's getting old. A safety could be a place of need. So there's a lot of different things um, that they could kind of look over, honestly, in my personal opinion. Now, at six, we got the Los Angeles Chargers. Quarterback is the number one need for them as well. I don't think there's any other question about it. Now, running back could possibly be a question for them too. And I know I talked about this a little bit in the last podcast with Darius, but running back could be an option because Melvin Gordon is up for contract. We already know they had their, you know, differences at the beginning of the season. Then also as well, Austin Eckler is up for contract too. So both of their running backs are up for contract. So now running back all of a sudden becomes a place of need too if you're not going to sign both of those guys or if not at least one of those guys. But I think they take Justin Herbert at six. I think the Chargers stick with Justin Herbert, stay on the West Coast. I think he pans out to go to the L.A. Chargers. Now at seven, my Carolina Panthers. We need everything. We need quarterback. We need like I said last week on the podcast, Carolina Panthers, three places that I feel like they're safe at is running back, wide receiver one, guard and Trey Turner, and middle linebacker and Shaq Thompson. That's it. Everywhere else can be addressed for the for the Carolina Panthers. But where I think their biggest need is, is probably offensive line and defensive line. And I think they're going to address getting k Short's replacement ready. Um, and getting Derrick Brown at at seven. That's my personal opinion. He's a great interior rusher. We've seen what he's been able to do at Auburn, even getting to the quarterback and stopping the run. I think Derrick Brown will go at seven. Now at eight, we have the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are going to want to protect Kyler Murray. I think for them, it's going to be important to address the O-line. I think you can't go wrong with maybe getting David Johnson's, you know, replacement ready and they might have that in Keon Drake I don't know um obviously you can get running backs in later rounds and stuff like that I think they're pretty set at wide receiver I like Christian Kirk um now we know Larry Fitzgerald is going into his last year but obviously you can probably get that next year in the draft even though this is a deep wide receiver draft so maybe they might trade back um also as well I think you could address outside linebacker from them you know pairing up somebody with Chandler um and also as well, I think you can address safety and corner for them as well. Um, so, but I think their main address will be to get somebody that's going to protect Kyler Murray. And that's why I believe they're going to take Andrew Thomas out of Georgia at eight. Um, that's my personal opinion, just to get someone to protect um, Kyler Murray. And I'm only going to do two more teams. I'm just going to do the top ten today. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be at nine. So there's a lot of different places they can be helped away from. Um, they need help at corner. They need help at linebacker. They need help really all over. They, you Honestly, they could use a quarterback, really, to be honest, because I don't know how this Nick Fold thing is going to pan out. Um, they could also as well use a tight end, too, in this draft. Um, I would say at this point, 
Isaiah Simmons would be a perfect figure for Jacksonville, and here's why. They already have a guy on their roster that had a similar skill set to Isaiah Simmons come out of college by the name of Miles Jack. He can kind of mentor Isaiah Simmons in developing his talent and becoming somebody that can play all over the field, that can play safety, that can play corner, that can play linebacker. Um, I believe that, honestly, he could be a vital piece of them growing together. Now, at 10, Cleveland Browns. Now, there's a lot of things that they could address. They could address tackle. They could address D-tackle. They could address defensive line, offensive line, for sure they can address. Um, I would even say possibly, you know, linebacker they could address too. But I think the old line is probably what's going to be most important here because they're going to want to address – you know, keeping Baker Mayfield safe. That's the, well, that's their main thing of what they want to address is keeping Baker Mayfield upright. I think this guy out of Louisville, Makai Becton, six foot seven, is going to be the guy that they can use in this position. He's six foot seven, three hundred and forty pounds, and he has a lot of speed. He's huge. Um, he's just a big guy, and I think honestly he could help them. You know get to that next point. I really do believe that, honestly, he can be a part of that, you know, culture in Cleveland and helping them, you know, gain a little bit of stability, especially on the O-line, because especially when you're protecting guys like Baker Mayfield, that's huge. Um, So, to me personally, I think Makai Becton would be a great choice um, at, um, to me, at tackle at the 10th pick. Now, when we get back, I want to talk a little Dak Prescott and his situation. I want to talk a little James Bradbury and his situation. I want to talk about some of these possible free agents in the NFL as well. If you don't already, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at AO underscore T Time 9. And also as well on Instagram at Talks Tea Time the Podcast. When we get back, we're talking Dak and Cheese. What's up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T. Tom West, and I would love to have you guys to be a part of my podcast. If you want to come on my podcast as a feature, just to call in as a fan or anything like that, I would love to have you guys on my podcast. If you're interested, let me know at AO underscore T Time 9 on Instagram and also as well on Twitter at AO underscore T Time 9. I would love to have you on my podcast. What is up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T-Time West, back at it again on the last segment of Talks with T-Time, episode two, season three, man, of the podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to my channel on iTunes, Spotify, all your podcast listening stations, uh, Anchor as well. If you don't already, follow me on Instagram at AO underscore T-Time 9. Also as well on Twitter at the same thing, AO underscore T-Time 9. And then on Instagram as well at Talks with T-Time. Here, we're coming into the last segment of the podcast man thank you guys for tuning in tonight man i really do appreciate it i want to talk a little dak prescott if you guys do not mind for a little bit so dak prescott is obviously at this point set to be a unrestricted free agent um at the end of this year now dak wants to get paid anywhere close from what i'm hearing 35 
million a year. Um, his agent talked to the Dallas Cowboys two days ago, trying to work out a deal. They did not franchise tag him at all, uh, which is also another thing that we were not thinking that they're going to do. Um, but it seems like it's causing a lot of friction between Dallas organization and Dak Prescott. Now, I want to talk about some of these quarterbacks that did get paid this offseason. Uh, I want to talk about Jared Goff, who's you know same age bracket as as um, Dak Prescott. He's getting about $33 million a year. Wentz also as well got paid this year. He's getting $32 million a year. And I'm just talking about guys kind of in that age bracket. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's getting $27 million a year. Now, that was before the market was set because technically the market was set by, well, originally Wentz and Golf. And then at that point, now it's time for Dak to get paid. Now, me personally, I really hate to say this. Dak is a good guy. Dak is a good guy. He really is. He doesn't get no off-the-field mess. You know, he, he's a good guy. He's responsible. We get all that. And I hear Stephen A. Smith talking that and saying that, you know, he's responsible. He doesn't get in trouble. But, man, let's just be real. Dak is not that great. He's good. He's a above-average quarterback. But Dak is just, I hate to say it, Alex Smith in another body. And Jamel, shout out to Jamel because we was talking on the phone last night and he brought that to me. Alex Smith is, uh, Dak Prescott is nothing but Alex Smith all over again. That's what he is. He's Alex Smith. Alex Smith ain't going to win you no championship, fam. He couldn't do it in Kansas City. And I feel like that's the way Dallas feels about Dak. Me personally, I wouldn't, I, me personally, I wouldn't have paid Jared Goff that money. I wouldn't have paid Carson Wentz that money, and I dang sure wouldn't have paid Jimmy Garoppolo that type of money. I wouldn't have. Now, I know because it's kind of like his time up, that's kind of like the standard to pay him the most you can pay him. But me personally, I wouldn't pay Dak no more than $31, $31 million a year. No more. If he's asking for anything more than that, you move on. That's my part, our franchise tag him. But then he has to sign the franchise tag. To me personally, I do not think Dak is worth 35, 33, 34 million a year. He's not. Especially when with the team around him that you just paid Demarcus Lawrence a bunch of money. You just paid um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott a bunch of money. You're about to pay uh Amari Cooper a bunch of money. I hate to say it as good as a a person Dak is, honest to God, Dak is probably the third contributing factor to them winning a game. I would say Ezekiel Elliott is first, that defense is second, and that linebacking core they got. And then third, I'll probably say that's when Dak comes to come to play. Dak is not even the most important piece on their team. So I'm not about to pay him $35 million a year. I'm sorry. I just can't get behind that. I would franchise tag him until he proves I'm an elite quarterback. I'm going to be honest with you. And this is my list of guys I would open up the checkbook for. And this is literally it. The only person I would open up the checkbook for is that man, Patrick Mahomes. He is the only quarterback I would willingly, hey, fam, what do you want? You tell me what you want. Literally, that would be what I would say. 
Literally. I would literally say, open up the checkbook, fam. You write the check. And Russell Wilson would be another one. I would probably say, I would open up the checkbook willingly and say, here you go, bro. Do what you got to do. Anybody else? Oh, and Lamar Jackson, I probably would open up that checkbook for too. Lamar Jackson is another guy I would probably open up the checkbook for. But besides that, especially right now, I ain't open up the checkbook for, for you know, uh, uh. to me, Dak is in that 13 to 14 range of quarterbacks. I mean, I can name out 10 quarterbacks better than Dak right now. Russell, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees. Who else? Mm. Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Lamar Jackson, obviously. Let's see who else. I'm still going through the list right now, thinking of quarterbacks who's better than Dak. I don't know if I would say Carson Wentz is better than Dak. I feel like they battle on the same level. Uh, I said Russell Wilson. I'm trying to think. Aaron Rodgers. Forgot about him. I would still say Ben Roethlisberger is better than, than Dak right now. So that's already eight people I've named. Hmm. Would I put Tom Brady over Dak right now? No, I probably wouldn't. I probably would put them around the same area right now. Um, I don't know. Dak might be in the top ten, bro. Now I'm thinking about it. Dak really might. He really might be in that top ten category for real. I'm trying to think of anybody else I would put over Dak as of right now. Because I feel like with – oh, Deshaun Watson obviously is over Dak. Um, so that makes nine. Dak might be right at 10, though. Like, I'm trying to really think who else. Ryan Tannehill, maybe? When I put Tannehill over, I feel like they're kind of in that same bracket. Like, Wentz, Tannehill, um, guys like that, they kind of all in that same Garoppolo, golf. They kind of in that same anywhere between, like, 10 to, like, 15 area. Because I've already named out nine quarterbacks that are for sure better than Dak Prescott. And then at 10 is where it gets debatable. Because you can say Dak probably should get in at 10. You can say Wentz, possibly. You can say these other cats. But to me personally, I still don't think Dak is a top 10 cornerback, uh, quarterback. Yeah, I, I would say at that point is where it gets debatable. Because I don't want to put a rookie in over Dak because I feel like he's proved a lot more than a rookie. You know what? You know, I put Dak at 10. Dak is at 10. No, I, 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 I'm kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know. I might well put Brady at 10 and then maybe Dak at 11 or 12. But that's my point. Dak is kind of in that above average group with like Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Kirk. Oh, I might. Oh, I put Kirk Cousins over Dak Prescott. Oh, that's debatable. See, Dak Prescott really ain't won the big games either, though. But Kirk Cousins is also known for not winning the big games. That's debatable. I probably would put Kirk Cousins above Dak Prescott too, actually, to be honest. So that's what I'm saying, like where I can find him being in that 13, 14 range is what I'm saying. To me, I would not pay Dak Prescott that type of money. That's my own personal opinion. I would not pay him more than $31 million. Now, I want to talk about – I want to talk a little bit about, if you guys don't mind – the running back position. 
Um, and I want to talk a little bit about what the Chargers got going on because I know I brought that up a little bit in the last segment. But I want to talk about Melvin Gordon and also as well Eckler because Eckler's a guy that kind of came on the scene out of nowhere. And both of those guys are up for contracts this year. So my thing is this. If I'm the Chargers, honestly, I'm probably bringing Eckler back over Marvin uh, Gordon and Melvin Gordon, and here's why. Melvin Gordon, especially in 18, he had a really great year. We know the type of year he had. But Eckler has showed that he can be an important piece to what they're doing. Now, is he better than Melvin Gordon? No, probably not. I wouldn't put him on that same range. But what I would say is he does fit their system. Melvin Gordon, don't get me wrong, he's a good running back. You know, I'm not saying that he's terrible or anything like that or he's overrated, but if you're going to go out here and pay him Le'Veon Bell-type money, I'm going to tell you no, you're an idiot because that's not smart. Um, Austin Eckler, to me at least, he is a restricted free agent this year, but I feel like he is more of a piece at the age of 25 you know, and only making a million dollars or a little over a million dollars to where, you know, basically Melvin Gordon wants wants to bag. I mean, he wants to get paid, and he's 27 years old, and he wants like over $10 million a year. And I feel like at this point, at a running back stage of his age, I, I would not give him that. That's my own personal opinion. Um James Bradbury is another guy I want to talk about a little bit, and then we're going to go ahead and end this podcast. James Bradbury is a guy to where I think personally, in in the NFC South, you know, cornerback is important. We all get that. We all know how important that is in the NFC South. When you got wide receivers like Julio and, you know, the two guys in Tampa with Mike Evans and Goodwin, that's a lot of wide receiver play in – um, you know, it's a lot of wide receiver play in the NFC South, but I feel like, honestly, James Bradbury is very dependable, but I also think he's replaceable. And that's why I kind of think the Panthers will kind of decide, since, especially since they're going through a rebuild, I think they will decide to walk away from him, honestly. That's my own personal opinion. Um, I think they will walk away from him, and I think they'll probably get a comp pick for it probably a third or fourth round pick for it, but that's my own personal opinion. Um, thank you guys for tuning in tonight with Talks with Tea Time. I really do appreciate it. If you don't already, follow me on Instagram at AO underscore Tea Time 9. And then also as well at Talks with Tea Time, the podcast, man. We will be back next week, man. Again, drop another podcast, man. You guys tell your friends, tell your family about what we got going on here. Like and subscribe to the channel, man. I really do appreciate you guys' love and support. And we will see you guys next week.